0: All right, we're in a series about uh, forgiveness, right? And uh, last week we uh, kicked it off with uh, understanding the nature uh, of God's desire to forgive, right? And uh, we looked at the uh, story of the prodigal son and remember, you know, how the the father just uh, scanned the horizon all the time, just longing to be able to practice forgiveness over his son. And we recognized that 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 was God's attitude, Uh, towards us, and that He just wants to lavish that forgiveness on us, and He does. He does. That's what He accomplished for us when Jesus came into the world and just lavished that sacrifice for us, right? Uh, Today, we take uh, a next step. It's uh, to not only understand that this is God's attitude, this is what He's done for us, right? But it's equally to take another step that recognizes even more than that, and that is because he has forgiven me, I can actually forgive myself, and that's not always an easy step, right? But because he's forgiven me, I can actually take that forgiveness, apply that into my life, and I can forgive myself. I mean, you think about it. What what would it be like uh, for the prodigal son on day two, right? If you were here last week, you know the story of the prodigal son, right? He goes off and wastes the third of the inheritance on wild living and the father, he finally comes home when he's, he's wasted and life's in the, in the tank and the father just lavishes forgiveness on him and says, hey, put on the robe, put on the ring, put on the sandals, kill the fatted calf, let's celebrate, right? He just lavishes forgiveness on him. But what do you suppose it was like for the prodigal son on day two? You suppose he woke up the next morning and, you know, he's waking up in, in his own bed you know and and he's got you know his own jammies on, you know his favorite jammies. his stomach is still full from the feast of last night. I mean, what goes through his his head and his heart in that moment? I mean, does he walk downstairs to the smell of coffee brewing in his dad's house and go up to Dad and say, "Dad, you know, I've been thinking here." maybe you just acted too quickly. Maybe maybe that forgiveness thing that you just lavished on me yesterday, you were probably a little too lavish, a little too abrupt. We should probably rethink this whole thing. My plan of going back to just letting me be your slave, that'd be good enough. I mean, What would it be like to to be that prodigal son and wake up the next day and understand how extraordinary his dad is in lavishing that forgiveness? can he take the next step can he take the next step and let that forgiveness become his own can he apply that forgiveness into himself and forgive himself or does he beat himself up over and over again he's not alone in it there's plenty examples in Scripture all we need to do is go into Matthew 26, and we get the experience of Peter, right? One of the apostles, one of the twelve, the big outspoken Peter, right? Jesus has got him there. It's before his, uh, before his arrest, and he tells the disciples, listen, you're all going to desert me, right? You're all, you're all going to just flee and desert me. And Peter, of course, is like, no, never. Notice how, how just he is persistent. No, I will never desert you, no, Peter insisted even if I have to die with you I will never never deny you does he sound like he's pretty convicted and yet you probably know the story right what happens Jesus is arrested Peter follows him to the temple he hangs out in the in the garden area and all it takes all it takes is the voice of a slave girl just a slave girl to question Peter and Peter denies Jesus three times just the voice of a girl and three times he denies Jesus and where does that leave him what is he thinking what emotions are running through him because he has just failed so dramatically another example Judas one of the 12 the guy that walked up and gave Jesus a kiss and said through the kiss you will know he's the one and Jesus was arrested because of his betrayal says in Matthew 27 he deals with his own anguish it says when Judas had betrayed him Jesus he realized that Jesus had been condemned to die and he was filled with he's filled with the guilt the shame the regrets Right? He goes back to the Jewish leaders and he says, look, what I did was wrong and he throws back the silver but he can't deal. He can't deal with the overwhelming pressure of his sin. And what does he do? I have sinned, he declared, for I betrayed an innocent man. What do we care, they said. That's your problem, yes. And Judas threw the silver coins down the temple and he went out and he did what? Destroyed himself. See, this is why it's so important that we talk about this this morning because if you can't take God's forgiveness and claim that and then forgive yourself, you're in a destructive place. If you can't take that forgiveness and apply that forgiveness into your life and claim that forgiveness and forgive yourself, then you're going to be in that same place. And that is a place that destroys so how do we do it how do we take this lavish forgiveness of the father take that and apply that and say yes not only does he forgive me but you know what i'm ready i am ready to forgive myself here we go first thing is remember god really does forgive you remember everything we talked about last week remember he really does forgive you and his invitation to you is to forgive yourself. we got Jesus in Matthew 11. He says, Come to me, all of you who are weary and carry heavy burdens and I will give you rest. So you think he really meant that? And you think he was serious about that? Amen. You bet. What's he saying? You don't need to carry it. The guilt, the shame, the regret, You don't need to beat yourself up anymore. You don't have to go through that destructive experience anymore. Give it up. Let it go. It's forgiven. Apply it to yourself. You see, it is the invitation to forgive yourself. It's to remember what the psalmist said in 103 we talked about last week. The Lord is compassionate and merciful. He's slow to get angry, and He's filled with what? Say it with me. Unfailing love. What's that mean? The invitation is there. Continually, repeatedly, the invitation is there. Don't carry it. Let it go. Forgive yourself. Take that forgiveness that God has already accomplished and apply that into your life. We see the invitation to Peter. We just talked about him, right? Can you imagine the anguish, the the guilt, the regret, everything that's been flowing through through his mind and his heart and his emotions since he denied Jesus. What happens in the Gospel of Mark? Jesus is resurrected from the dead. You know, the stones rolled. the angel comes, they go find out, holy cow, he's alive, what's going on? And look what the angel says to those that come to the tomb first. Don't be alarmed you're looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. Hey, he isn't here. He's risen from the dead. Look, this is where they laid his body. Now, Go and tell his disciples, including who? Why would that angel take the time to be so specific and name Peter? Do you ever think about that? I mean, he could have just done the woo, 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 hey, hey, it's resurrection day. Go tell everybody. That'd been good. But he takes the time. He takes that, he's intentional and specific and he says, and don't forget, make sure you tell Peter why. You know why. Because you know what Peter's feeling. You've been there. You maybe sit there right now. You may have the same kind of stuff going on in your life that's destructive, that God has given you that invitation to experience His forgiveness, but you just can't forgive yourself. That's the invitation today. Don't just talk about God's forgiveness. Don't just understand it in your head. Receive it in your heart, and go ahead, come completely home, and forgive yourself. Forgive yourself, because God has already forgiven you you need to remember when those thoughts come into your head again and you start thinking about it again you just gotta say to yourself wait no I'm forgiven I'm forgiven next step don't be afraid when those thoughts start coming back on you don't be afraid to be specific don't be afraid to go ahead and call out and name that sin for which you need to just convict yourself of forgiveness. If you look at Matthew 15 Jesus is talking to His followers, right? And then He's talking about destructive life and He says, from the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, all sexual immorality, theft, lying, and slander. These are what defile you. Did you notice what He just did there? He got real specific, didn't He? He didn't just say, listen, Out of your heart can come all kinds of problems, there could be all kinds of sins, and just drop it there. No, he took it another step, and what did he do? He named it. He called it out. He got real specific. That's what we need to do. We need to not kind of hide under the broad kind of generalities of saying, you know, like Larry the Cable Guy, you know, God, forgive me for what I just did, you know. This kind of general, generic forgiveness thing. It's good. God honors that. He forgives, absolutely. But you got to go to the next level and be able to name it. You got to name it. Yes, God, forgive me for my sin and especially this. Call it out. Be specific. Don't let that one thing take over your life. Call it out, name it, and be specific. Peter, this guy we just talked about that said, hey, don't forget the angel, don't forget, go tell Peter. Peter in Acts 2 is a different kind of guy because he's experienced and applied this forgiveness. And when he's talking to others and says, listen, you, you need to go ahead and confront those sins in your life. Look what he says. Each of you must repent of your sins. Is that singular or plural? Right? He's talking about many Sins. I think I'm right on that, aren't I? Not a grammar guy, but I think that's what it looks like. He know, so what's it? He didn't do a generic kind of, you know, confess your sin. He called sins, plural, meaning go ahead, name out the specific ones. There's such a power for us to apply God's forgiveness into our life and be able to forgive ourselves when we confront that specific sin that somehow keeps grabbing at us. You call it out. You name it. And you take God's forgiveness and you apply it specifically to that sin. And when you do that you apply it with an understanding that God has, it says, His forgiveness is absolutely complete. It's complete forgiveness. He doesn't bring it up again and again and again. It is complete and absolute forgiveness. If God forgives you completely and absolutely, when you apply that into your life, you need to do the same thing. You know what that means? What if you're the prodigal son and two weeks later, a month later, three months later, you keep coming to the dinner table and saying, Dad, man, I, I am so sorry. I can't believe I messed up like that, Dad. I mean, I just, I don't know what I was thinking. And if you kept doing that, what would the dad finally say? Enough already. Give it up. I'm tired of hearing about it, okay? I've already forgiven you. Remember, we killed the fatted calf. We had a big celebration. I told you forgiveness was there. I restored you absolutely. Give it up. Let it go. That what he'd say? That's it. His forgiveness is absolutely Complete. It's complete. And the invitation is to say the same thing. Let it go. Let his forgiveness apply into your life and you forgive yourself and say, It's over. It's done. I'm not going to think about it. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm not going to let it control me anymore. It's done. Look at Psalm 103 again. It says, Talking about God. Listen, God does not punish us for all our sins, He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. For his unfailing love towards those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. Look at 12. He has removed our sins as far as the east is from the west. How far would that be? What's the point? It's gone. You don't need to talk about it anymore. You don't need to bring it up anymore. If you need it declared more specifically, look at Hebrews 10. Hebrews 10. It says... Then he says, I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. Talking about God, right? I will never again remember their sins and lawless deeds. And when sins have been forgiven, look at this, there is no need to offer any more sacrifices. Did you see that? There is no need to offer any more sacrifices. What did he just tell you? You don't need to do it again and again and again and again and again. You don't need to let it go. God has forgiven you. He proved that in Christ once for all. So let it go. Don't keep beating yourself up. Take that forgiveness that Christ accomplished for you. Apply that into your life. Call out that specific sin. Name it. Give it to God. And let it go. Let it go. It's gone. It's done it's forgiven. If we apply that forgiveness, it means we apply that and we let it go. You say, well, well, well wait a minute. <laughs> what if I do it again? <laughs> I mean, I let it go, but what if I do it again? <laughs> well, okay. If that happens, repent again. Go to Him again. Go to the Father, just like that prodigal. Remember His attitude. Go to Him again. And God promises he will lavishly forgive. Go to him again in earnestness. But as you go, when you receive that forgiveness and you apply that forgiveness, you got to apply that forgiveness in a commitment that says, I'm not going to let this happen again. Meaning I am not, I'm going to make some steps in my life to make sure I'm not putting myself at risk for this sin that I've named out called out I'm not going to put myself in the same position again If you look at Galatians Paul says for freedom Christ has set us free stand firm therefore and do not submit when again don't submit again to a yoke of slavery God forgives again and again and again we can forgive ourselves but as we forgive ourselves again we need to take steps to make sure we don't put ourselves at risk again if you've made the mistake of having a relationship with somebody else outside your marriage you need to break that off you need to break that relationship off and you need to get as far away from that person as you can don't go work with them don't go play with them Don't continue. Don't put yourself in that place again. Whatever it is. You can name whatever specific sin it is. If that sin is holding on to you, make sure you don't put yourself back in the same position again. Change your life. Change the direction. Let God not only forgive you, apply that to yourself again, but let that issue into life change. Let it issue into a change in the direction Of your life. Let me show you something really cool. You still paying attention? Okay, let me show you something really cool. This is really cool. Did I convince you yet? Okay, this is really cool. So remember we talked about Peter, right? And Peter said, Oh Lord, no, I'll never, never, I'll die first. And then he did it, right? He blew it, right? And he denied Jesus how many times? Thank you. Three times. If you go into John twenty one, this is after Jesus is resurrected. And he just kind of keeps showing up every so often to his disciples, right? So John 21, the boys are out fishing. Jesus shows up on the shore and he hollers at them and he invites them for breakfast, my favorite meal of the day. He invites them for breakfast, okay? And it says, when they had finished breakfast, Jesus says to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus said to him, feed my lambs. That's cool. He just Jesus, just like Peter, come on, right? Look what happens next. A second time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? And a third time he said, Simon, son of John, do you love me? How many times? How many times did he deny him? Why did he do that? Why do you do that? He just matched Peter's denial with the invitation to life change. To apply forgiveness and say, Peter, you get it, right? You really are forgiven. Apply that into your life and now live a different way. Live a different way. And he ends with the invitation. After he said this to him, what's he saying? Invitation. Follow me. Don't go live the way you lived. Don't go back into that same place. Don't put yourself back in that same environment. Change your life. Live a different way. Follow me. I forgive you. I claim you. I'll do it again and again and again if I have to, but let's move your life in a different direction. It's the invitation to take forgiveness apply that into your life and let forgiveness be the springboard that changes the direction of your life that changes the momentum of your life and it did look at Peter this guy that was intimidated by a, a girl a servant girl the first time now in Acts 4 is standing up in front of everybody proclaiming Jesus 3,000 people and more come to know Christ because Peter stands up and just proclaims Christ. He heals somebody. He gets arrested. He gets dragged in front of the ruling council, of the Sanhedrin of the Jews. And he is so bold that he tells them here in Acts 4.10 that they crucified the Christ. They're so amazed. You go down to 13. It says, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and realized they were uneducated ordinary ordinary men, they were amazed. yes and recognize them as companions of Jesus. Do you see the life change that just happened for Peter? Why? Because he applied forgiveness. He wasn't the same person anymore. He took that invitation, and he applied that forgiveness, and he wasn't the same person anymore. And here's the miracle. You ready? Here's the miracle. When you forgive yourself, And you let God move your life in a different direction. God will begin to use even the brokenness of your sin for His purpose. Do you follow that? When you receive that forgiveness from Him and you apply that and say, I'm going to forgive myself, and, and you take that invitation now and you let Him redirect your life and start following Him absolutely and completely, He will take the brokenness of your sin, whatever it is you called out, And he will use that for his kingdom purposes. So what's it mean? So if you've had an extramarital affair and God has forgiven you for that and you've applied that forgiveness into your life, he may put you in a position where you become the barrier for somebody else so they don't make the same mistake, so they don't go through the same pain and the same destruction. You see, he can take that sin, that brokenness, and put you in a position where you become a kingdom advocate and you can impact other people's lives so they don't go through the same mistake. You look at Peter. Jesus in Matthew 16, he looks at Peter. He knows what Peter's life can mean in spite of its brokenness. And he says, listen, I'm going to give you, Peter, I'm going to give you the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. That is pretty powerful stuff. Peter was able to apply that forgiveness and say he could forgive himself. His life got redirected and he became a kingdom-focused, kingdom-purposed person. He wasn't the first one. You want to be amazed how God can use our brokenness? Look at this list. These are guys from Scripture, right? Jacob. Jacob was a liar and a cheat. (laughs) That was his sins. He was a liar and a cheat and yet he is the father of the 12 tribes. Moses, Moses was a murderer and a guy with a huge anger problem. And what happened? He led God's people out of slavery in Egypt to freedom. David, David was an adulterer and a murderer. But Scripture continually says not only was he the greatest king in Israel, but he was always a man after God's own heart. Jonah, Jonah ran from God, ran from what God wanted him to do in his life. He ran, and yet when the thing's all over, what does he do? He brings an entire entire city to repentance. Paul Paul persecuted and murdered Christians. And yet can you think of anybody else that was more powerful than the church in proclaiming the gospel of Jesus Christ and starting new churches? And Peter. Peter denied Christ. And yet God used him as a pillar of the church so that when he would walk through the crowds and there'd be sick people laying beside the road, if his shadow, if his shadow would fall on a sick person, they would be healed. Don't tell me God can't use you, broken, sinful person that you are. Because when you receive God's forgiveness and you apply that to yourself and you forgive yourself, when you remember how much He's forgiven you, when you take that and you apply that into yourself and you let that be life change, God will use your life. And He'll even use your sin. He'll even use your sin to accomplish kingdom purposes. Imagine that prodigal when he woke up that second day. He woke up that second day forgiven a member of his father's household. That's what it means for us. We wake up. We can forgive ourselves. And we can live in that household. And we can make a difference for the kingdom. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the truth of forgiveness. It is such a powerful, incredible thing that you would indeed love us to that extent, that you would lavish forgiveness upon us and that you would lead us to not just receive it but to apply it into our lives and forgive ourselves and so we ask today lord we know there's hurt in the room we know there's folks who are struggling with this to be able to forgive themselves and they just can't seem to let go of it they just want to keep beating themselves up lord let this be the day it all stops And because that stops, because they forgive themselves like you forgive them, let it be the day that life really starts. To live life change, to live in a new direction. And to put ourselves in positions of growing in God's grace and his purpose for our lives. Use us for the kingdom cause we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Ooh. Mm.